Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 91. What? The race to save Kelru. The race against time. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we're actually, like, racing, but we're definitely moving with extreme purpose. The time to kill. Die another day. I don't know. Yeah, we're hustling because we just spent two hours in this dang library. Yeah, we are making our way very quickly to this bathhouse. Yes, when last we left our heroes, our party had met up with their old friend... Azaz. Frenemy? New Maybe. friend. Frenemy. Frenemy. Now Frenemy. he's a friend. Before, friend. yeah. I don't know. Might still be a frenemy, because what <laughs> if all of this Kelru is actually on assignment? And I mean, what if be... this is all set up to get us into an ambush? <laughs> it would be interesting. <laughs> we did it's just, just an overly him. concerned significant other. <laughs> we just sent him with could be. Falto, so hopefully he's not going to betray Falto and murder him. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. I think we're good. He just learned fireball. He's not that strong. <laughs> I was gonna say, Falta is pretty, uh, pretty he's tough got on panache. his own. Yeah, he's a wizard. He's got like six hit points. He'll die. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> he'll stab him a couple times until he runs out of panache, and then he'll like dive sideways through a stall so he can regain panache. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. It'll be fine. Yes, the party had met up with the Zaz. You talked with him. You had explained that Keller had been missing. You went. You spoke with Mamanafra. Mamanafra had kind of. Uh, you guys had an understanding. Talked a little bit about what the situation was. Mamanafra was like, "Hey, uh, we're kind of concerned about the Hatcha. Seems like she's uh, going all culty and possibly building up an army. Up to no good in the neighborhood. To no good in the neighborhood. <laughs> nice." Sorry. Keller got in one little fight and his mom got scared. No. <laughs> it shook him off to on. His ass got scared. The party had a little heart to heart with mom and Afra and a little understanding ensued. And uh, now you guys uh, are all on the same page. She's given you a little signet ring saying that you can act on her behalf. Oh, yeah. And Seems we act on the Pharaoh's behalf. You wow. guys rushed out immediately. And by that, I mean, you took a quick nap. And then you rushed out to go to the library to garner some information pertaining towards the location of the vault of hidden wisdom sounds real cool and hopefully the last library we have to go through no dang it uh, actually I do know I was gonna uh, say you know I know all and, and tell some and now we're on our way to the bathhouse yep through a complex combination of Sudi determining the exact height of the spire of uh, Onuris cupping his hands together to make a little spotlight and of Hollis being able to determine the the proper position of the sun in relation to the spire of raw Citra was able to determine it was a whole group thing uh, Citra was able to determine which building specifically that the shadow of the sun or the shadow of the spire of raw would hit if the sun were rising on midsummer's day mm-hmm. bathhouse y'all so as we begin our heroes and made their way out into the crowded streets of Tefu, navigating past the various people. You exit out from the library, still cognizantly aware of the various Nethian priestesses, or curators of the, the library, the museum that they have here, of the various Nethian priests coming and going from the massive temple of Nethus that you can, the moment you step out of the library, you can see across the distance to this whitewashed, beautiful edifice that is the temple of Nethus with its dark black trim around each one of the various edges and the dome, which is a spliced, effectively wedges of black and white and rotating sequence around the uh, upper portions of the dome. Fancy. Knowing that if the hutch is anywhere, the hutch is probably there. Or in her library waiting on us. Or in her library waiting in a with, smoking jacket with a pipe. Yep. Tell us all of her masterful plan with a villain monologue. And then murder us. We make our way with great haste. Yes. We, we fast walk. You navigate the city streets quickly, making your way out of the old city back into Wadget's Walk. It still takes you about a half hour 
of making your way through the city streets. Citra probably taking point as she actually made the knowledge check to know about this this small bathhouse. She passed on a couple times. Maybe her and her mom, uh, when they were here, stopped in to get a little pedicure or something. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, spend some quality mother-daughter time together. From the direction that you're coming, you effectively cir- circled around east, made your way north, and then back to the west. So you're approaching it. The front of the structure faces north. As such, I imagine all of you circle around to the side of the structure, the east facing, where the, the spire's shadow would actually lay. Mm-hmm. And it's that curious thing that you do, where you, you walk down this path between the buildings, and you reach a specific point, where about halfway down this alleyway, halfway down the length of this building, you can see just this jumble of buildings off towards your left, this just confusing conglomeration of streets and structures laid out. And then as you step forward, Citra, and you look off towards your left, off towards the east, it's almost like a, a picture aligning as you step forward and you just have this clear, unobstructed view from here all the way down to the river. Where the spire used to line up. Where the spire would have once been. Mm. I guess let's start looking around for a secret passage or door or... I'm going to cast Sea Invisibility. Okay. You just run a spell, cast Sea Invisibility, take a quick glance around. You don't immediately see anything apparent that was invisible. Uh, What is the rest of the party doing? Perception rolls to search for Uh, secret doors? Yes, perception rolls indeed. Okay. Yes. Hollis keeping an eye out on the street. Sure. Would it be too conspicuous if I got out my lens of detection? I mean, no more conspicuous than the fact that you guys are already filling all over this wall. Okay, then I'm going to use my lens. I'm also going to cast mage armor. Good call. I mean, Onyaris has got nothing, so he'll just do a perception check. So what do we get for our perceptions? Uh, so I roll a 6 for a 17. Citra rolled a 13 for a 29 with her lensy bonus. Onyaris rolls a 6 for a 19. Go team. So, Citra, you step forward. You look back at the pathway you can see through the city streets. You look back at the wall. You don't see anything immediately. As you step forward, as you trace your fingers along the walls here, you don't find any signs of a seam, any hidden doors. The bathhouse is set up on a thick foundation. So, to the point where you're actually touching the foundation of the bathhouse, not the outer wall of it. Uh, The foundation stretching up almost 15 feet on this side as the road that runs in front of it's at a hill. So effectively, when it gets to the point where it'd be the entrance of the bathhouse, the road would be level with it. Okay. As you touch and fill on here, however, it's still earlier on in the day. Uh, Although the sun's creeping up back behind you off towards the east as your shadow casts forward. And as you step forward, your shadow falls on the wall. And for a moment here in the shadow, with the light playing behind you, you don't see a seam but you do see a distortion in the color. It's small, it's only an area maybe four inches across. You look at it, you pull out your magnifying glass, you stare at it, you slide your magnifying glass down, and then you kind of unfocus your eyes. And there it is, half black, what looks to be this, almost this half a shield, like half of a face with a single white eye. And then matching that on the other side, you don't see any sign of a face, but you do see a shadowy black stone as if it's the opposite eye in the center of the white side both of these stones are separate from the foundation although almost perfectly blended in and maybe a little loose press the button poke its eyes out (laughs) i think i found the way in hollis ready to dispel magic (laughs) i see that's gonna be the trick every every door we open here so you're nethian 
Have you ever seen any door like this before? No, but it's not out of the realm of what I've seen in the past. All right. I didn't know if it was... There was a trick that you might know about. It's probably specific to the Hacha. All right. All right. Oh, but... I put my holy symbol of Nethus on you. Ah. Just in case. Just in case. All right. Citra checks it for traps. <laughs> yeah, you can make perceptual. I'm still going to prepare my dispel because... It's probably too thick to detect magic through. Ooh. Yep. Thankfully, with all my bonuses, I still get a twenty-two. And you have the lens. That's with the lens. Ouch! Bad roll from range. Yeah, it's real bad. You don't see any traps. All right, then I press the eyeballs. Go all stooge with it. <laughs> it cuts off your two fingers. Oh my god! I possibly push these in with two sticks or something. <laughs> <laughs> now we're thinking like a paranoid adventurer. <laughs> you use your picks. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I probably picks. would. Just use my picks. I need my fingers. You depress these with your picks. The stone at first seems to almost slide back. You don't see the seams initially, and so when it moves backwards, it's almost this weird shadow play as the shadows begin lengthening across the sides of this. I appreciate this. Before it dep- slowly slides down into the floor, there's only the barest whisper of sound from the stone moving. And then this cool, rolling, almost pressurized gust of wind comes out, displacing the sand around you and just kind of blowing the sand out in a semicircle from in front of the door. And an open archway stands leading what appears to be directly into a room beyond. That seemed too easy. To find this place, you would have had to have gone into the dark depository to find the references we did, so maybe not too easy. We know where to look. Who would really have guessed to check a bathhouse? I don't know. Guess pull out your light sources and let's go to it. Sudi pulls out his ever-burning torch. Amiris casts a light spell for Sudi, so both of his hands are free. Citra says K-Hound, and then looks around to see if she's going to go first or not. (laughs) Probably because you have the lens. We've said that your trap spotting only goes five feet with the lens. Yes. Then I shall move forward. Get all the bonuses we can get. Okay. With my light. Citra, you take point. You step into the entryway of this chamber. Two deep alcoves open off towards either side, off towards your left and right as you enter into this this chamber. A small battered bronze chest sits on the floor at the far end of the room, and then beyond this chest you can see an open archway leading deeper into, you guess, the library? Along the left-hand side in the alcove, you can see numerous depictions of fire and lightning, tornadoes, destruction, sandstorm, death. Along the right-hand side, you see verdant fields, growth, flowing rivers, fat calves and animals, life. A single line bisects the center of the room, and it just seems like the stone is fractionally darker on the left. Uh, go ahead and make me perceptual. <laughs> Yay. And I'm still using my lens. Yep. Uh, am, am I checking for traps? Am I adding that bonus too? Why not? <laughs> 40. Wowzers. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a trap door on the floor uh, less than five feet in front of the entrance. Oh, don't move. <laughs> there is a trap door right there. 
As you look left and right, it seems to span the entirety of the sides of this room uh, and runs all the way up to the very base of where the treasure chest is that you can see sitting in the middle of the floor a few feet ahead. That seems a little too conspicuous, by the way, that the treasure chest is right there. Just sitting there, just waiting. Uh It's one of the small ones where you'd find like a dungeon key, not one of the big ones. It might have a compass or a map. Yep. I'm going to detect magic. It's the trap they wanted you to see, so you don't see. While she's detecting magic... I'm going to be checking for a way to keep this trapdoor from triggering. You don't see any magic in this room, but there's something on the archway on the other side, just past that chest. You don't have clear line of sight, but you can detect it. You can sense that there's only a single presence, one magical source on that archway. Hmm. Go ahead and actually make me an arcana. Wow, okay. Um, uh, 34. Brava. I rolled a 17. Nice. Yep, there's some sort of faint abjuration aura. Hey, that's my specialty. There is some magic over there, but I can't quite tell what it is. It's my specialty school, though, but... Which is what? Abjuration. Generally protective, but could also maybe not be. Okay. So what about this trapdoor? Can you disable it? Um, Or make it so that it stays closed? I'm sure there's some sort of tricks that we don't know of being not the Hachia. Yeah. Do I notice anything on how to disable this trapdoor from sending us all to our doom? Such as uh, as Hollis is casting this spell as everyone's kind of crowding in, everyone else is actually still basically on the street. Like, Hollis is glancing around, staring inside, because you're literally you walked five feet in and when that, oh. Yeah, I like craned over you, looking. Uh, yeah, she's freakishly tall, so. <laughs> I got long limbs. Nethus's destruction on the left. You turn looking at the slanted wall off towards your right-hand side. You can see as you turn around facing back towards the group, the two walls off towards either side of the door kind of slant out at a 45-degree angle, entering into this chamber, forming these alcoves. You see a depiction of Nethys, his burned side off towards your right-hand side as you're now facing towards the door, and then his whole and complete side off towards your left. And there you see that the staff is held high capped on that side with an onk, another depressible stone. You think it's connected to the trapdoor, a bypass switch for any priest making his way in. You see that there's a second one on the right-hand side, also on the cap on the top of the destruction aspects of Netha's staff, which you think would probably rearm it. Mm. So you turn it off when you leave and turn it back on, or turn it off when you get here and turn it back on when you leave. It's basically your alarm system at home. So you basically can press the life symbol or the death symbol at your choice. Is it within reach? Yeah, it's it's easily, you can reach up and just press it from there. In fact, if you were even small size, you could reach up and press it fairly easily. (laughs) Yeah, it's the on-off switch for this trap. Well, I think I know how to turn it off. Okay. Um, Stay back just in case. Sudi backs up. I could use Mage Hand if it's something it's less than a, five pounds. It's just a button. Hollis g- pulls you out of the door and uses Mage Hand. Which hit one of you? No, thinking? you'd have to step into the room to have line of sight to use Mage Hand on it. It's all right. I can do it. Okay. I go in there and she hesitates for a moment, but then just reaches up and does it. Okay. And then I gingerly press on where the trap door would be. I mean, you don't feel any give. It feels like solid stone. She puts more pressure on it just to be safe, but has the hand reaching back just in case. How much do you weigh? Just out of curiosity. So it's 125. So you got like an arm, grabbing her arm. No? You you think you're good? It's not giving way. Think we're good. Okay. Hollis comes inside. 
you all easily step into the room. Is there a way to close the door behind us? Uh, yes, there is a switch, the same two-eyed Nethys yeah, design okay. on the top of that arch stone. Yeah, so I was like, I want to close the door behind us. Yeah, we should probably do that it's before somebody walks down and goes, hey, what? Wait, what's... I didn't know there was a secret room in here. Would have been a great time to have an alarm spell. Uh, well, no, you would have seen it with tech magic. No, but I could have put it on the inside of the door. Oh, yeah, to know if anybody came in behind us. Bummer. The door slides shut. There's a single exit from this chamber. I want to look at that magic source. Okay, so you want to make your way over closer. You can get within about 10 feet and actually be able to see it, so you could identify it at that point if you want to make a spellcraft. Yes. What are the rest of you doing? I am looking for the pathway forward and checking it for traps. I'm okay. going to check for hidden passages in this room. I'm not touching anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. Anirus is going to draw his kopesh. Just, do you know. The whisper scrape of salt against steel as you pull it forth. 34. Again, another 17. Nice. I rolled another 6 for a 17 perception roll, so I probably don't find anything. Citra, you can go ahead and make me a perception roll also. Um, well, considering my one before was nat 20, is, is this with my trap finding bonus? Yes? Because I'm sure. checking for traps? That'd be a 39. Yay for a 19. Nice. Citra, you don't see any signs of traps. On yours, you don't see any immediate threats as you keep your eyes about. Sudi, you trace your fingers along. Other than the the disturbing utter destruction across one wall and then this like vibrancy the duality of Nethys keeps kind of disturbing you yep, it's kind of creepy I mean Phrasma really only has a single nature well technically she has three but it's all the cycle of life and death yeah this is just life and death at random intervals for no discernible reason it is the chaos of magic yeah magic Hollis with your spellcraft check yeah there's an alarm spell in this arch it will trigger if anyone goes under it can I dispel it? Yeah, I mean, you could dispel it from where you're standing right here. Hey, Citra, do you know how to dispel alarms? Um, if it's a physical one, I'm, I don't know about the magical one. Well, it's a magical one, but it's kind of like a trap. Well, no. I guess I'm going to disable it. This is, uh, somebody rigged up an alarm spell here, which is funny, because I was just talking about doing one myself. I don't have one prepared. But uh, that means that's probably a, a direction where good stuff is. But let me dispel it. Isn't it the only way? It is the only way. As soon as you didn't find any secret exits. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Ah. 16? Yeah, that'll do. Yay! Is there anything interesting about this chest? Uh, looks maybe like a decoy, if I had to guess. Is it trapped? I don't Is know. Is it trapped? Does yeah, my... You don't see any traps on it. I use a mage hand to open it. Uh, the lid weighs more than five pounds. Oh, it is a bronze chest. It's heavy. I mean, if Citra doesn't see any traps on yours, she's going to open it. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, it is unlocked. Opening it, it is completely empty. Hmm. Yep. It's just, if, it's just if you're a thief to go in there, not see the trap, go for the chest immediately and fall in the trap. I kind of want to check and see if it's got a false yeah. bottom on it. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can make a perception roll if you want to search it. 29. With the 29, you don't find a false bottom, but there's something down at the bottom of this. You kind of drag your finger along, you pick it up. The light kind of glints off of this. You may make me a knowledge nature. Or an appraise. I get a... Rolling a 16, a 22 appraise. You kind of run your fingers over it. Take your wayfinder, shine it up a little closer towards it. It's soft, gold. It looks like gold dust. Kind of glittery, which is wrong. Gold doesn't glitter. It looks like pyrite. Yeah, fool's gold. There are probably bags of it in here. And then you remember thinking... 
Yeah, there seemed to have been maybe a weight limit on that trap door. <laughs> if you oh, you trigger on the way out. Could have gotten across, but carrying a couple bags of fool's gold. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go right in. All right, that's pretty great. That's pretty funny, actually. You have no idea how deep that pit trap is, or if there's still a skeleton down there with fool's gold bags. Yeah, that's <laughs> a decoy for thieves. That's actually clever. Hmm. Very similar to how a lot of the sarcophagi or the pyramids are designed too, right? With the false uh, sarcophagi and things like that. I suppose we should make our way deeper. Hopefully, Sudi shivers, remembering being eaten by a false sarcophagus <laughs> once in a flooding trip. Yeah, not his bright, not his brightest moment. Yeah, see, episode I think it was like five. Yeah, it was very soon. <laughs> we should continue existing. making our way forward. If this is only supposed to be accessible by the Hatia, hopefully, it's not too large of a facility. We'll see. I'm going to keep my detect magic going because there might be another alarm spell. And if it's not a trap, you wouldn't see it. Yep. Citra will diligently keep checking for traps as they move forward through the only exit. Yeah. Uh, if pertinent to the party, uh, assuming that all of this was built into the foundations underneath this bathhouse, the bathhouse was only maybe 150 feet across. Uh, okay. So it's not a very big building. Down. So there is going down or this is not a huge area. So Hollis has dispelled the... Uh, the alarm spell. All of you step forward. Sit your taking point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say, if you have a library or bathhouse, what happens if like something catastrophic if it floods. goes down? Yeah, you just flooded all your books. Everything's stone. Maybe magically reinforced. Yeah, it may also be like magically preserving the books. Again. Nethys. You all make your way forward. Only a short distance. Citra, you take point. You can see the, the hallway here stretches ahead of you. Maybe about 20 feet, give or take. Halfway down its length, it's intersected by a second hallway. And as you reach this intersection, you can see the walls here are covered in rows and rows and rows of hieroglyphics. All of these are complex, long, drawn-out prayers of Nethys. Along the left-hand walls, you can see all of these prayers calling for the curses and destruction of your enemies. And on the right-hand sides, the blessings and salvation of your people. The hall goes off towards your right for about... 15 feet before turning to the left again, heading effectively what would be the same direction if you went straight. Straight ahead of you, you can see the hallway goes for a short distance before opening into a room that you can see will look to be maybe a few tables, some scrolls stacked on top of them, and maybe some sort of statue. It's hard to see from here. And then off towards your left, you can see the hallway goes for about the same distance as it goes off towards the right, about 15 feet, before it turns to the right as well, continuing to go in the straight direction like straight ahead, but also branching with a second hallway branching off towards the left. So as you stand right now, your options are to go right and then left, go straight ahead, or go left and then right, or left and then left. There's only a single room that you see right now, which is the one straight ahead of you. Let's check that first before we start taking branching hallways. Yeah. Fair enough. My inclination is to go right, but we can go forward. And if you want to go the whole... Follow the maze, right side, uh, well, no. take every right. Right has been the healing nice side of Nethys so far. Oh, fair point. Some Nethian insight right there. I don't hear anybody in pain. Yet. He <laughs> could be unconscious. Stepping forward, entering into the room, detecting magic. You sense no magic. Good. This room contains several desks, piled high with scrolls and codices which sit in the chamber, though they have seemed to seen little recent use as if they're just left out from times before. One of the tables seems to be cleared. One of the tables is partially cleared, and then the other two are still cluttered full of books. 
What, what books? Yeah, I was gonna say what uh, kind of books? Oh, actually, I do apologize. There are there is some magic in here, as there are a number of uh, candelabras containing various candles that burn with eternal but non-actual fire flames, providing a fair amount of light in this room. Do you ever see invisibility on? I sure do. Okay. A single statue occupies this chamber. Oh God, statues. Honestly, statue might not be the right term for it. Golem. A single, maybe four and a half foot tall, mechanical being. Mechanical. A complex thing of steel plates and clockwork. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh Uh-oh. Stands in this room, covered with a variety of holy markings. It has a head that looks somewhat like a flat version of a falcon, as if it's just capped on top of it and staring ahead with gemstone eyes. It seems like it's somehow stuck, like a statue frozen in place reaching for books. One hand extended towards them, the other hand cradling a stack of books and scrolls. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge arcana. Oh, okay. Um, a 30. I rolled a 13. Yeah. Citra rolled a 6 and got a 15. Citrolis. 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 Goodness. <laughs> Sound like a motor. Or Hitra. You both <laughs> recognize this. Oh. These are not extraordinarily uncommon, although they were fairly rare. They were famed and respected by many of the ancient pharaohs of old. These are clockwork servitors. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, I some sort of clockwork librarian. <laughs> Cute. Since clockwork engineers can't always be present to make sure their devices are working at full capacity, the clockwork servant was invented to fill that role. They excel at repairing themselves and other clockworks on the battlefield, providing useful for skirmishes and campaigns alike. Rumors of clockwork servants with magically imparted intelligence persist amongst explorers of certain strange ruins. Uh, While no smarter than the average human, such awakened clockwork servants have skills and feats as appropriate for their hit die. He stands about five feet tall and weighs over 400 pounds. you know, Citra's only really aware of their existence. She knows that they're constructs, they're clockwork subtype, which means that they have their own weaknesses and vulnerabilities. What Hollis knows is that the clockwork clockwork mechanics were not extraordinarily common in ancient Osirian. Mostly they were recovered, as the clockwork mechanics and the clockwork designs of things were all remnants left over by the Aslanti. Many of the ancient Osirian explorers who would travel across the seas and journey and investigate the far lands would sometimes come back with stories of clockwork mechanics. And you do understand there was a famed clockwork inventor of ancient times. And many of the famed engineers of old would oftentimes attempt to recreate or create constructs out of clockworks to serve as heavy laborers on some of the ancients, tombs, burial places, and pyramids. Of course, an army of clockwork servitors would make constructing your pyramid a lot faster. It's true. They never need to rest or sleep or eat. Uh, with your 30, mm-hmm. you may ask three questions pertaining towards the clockwork servant. Um, not a question for that. It's not moving. It's like frozen. Yes. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you this. I'll count this as one of your questions. Okay. Does he have to be wound? Clockwork creations, as their name suggests, must be wound up before they animate. The creator of a clockwork crafts a unique key for each creation. This key typically is inserted into the clockwork's back and turned clockwise to wind it. Turning the key counterclockwise has the effect of winding the machine down, although only a willing or completely helpless machine will allow itself to be unwound in this way. 
Since each key is totally unique, construction of a new key or a bypassing a key entirely requires a successful disable device check. Larger clockworks tend to have larger keys, and particularly huge keys require more than one set of hands to turn. Rather than seek assistance from other engineers, eccentric or hermetic inventors often rely on other clockwork creations to help them turn keys, effectively creating clockwork servants that then wind up all the other clockwork servants. Goodness. Interesting. It's clockworks all the way down. Um, Glancing over this thing, you do not see its key. Apparently, it just ran out of juice. It's TikTok. Uh, With a key, you could wind it back up, although potentially having seen Citra's skill, she may be able to wind it up by improvising with her tools. Um, Would it listen to us? Yeah, would it listen to us if we wound it up? You are aware that clockwork servants are not inherent. They're not very dangerous. Um, If you were a common thief, it would probably attack you. If you attempted to steal or do something like that, that being said, it would be really of no threat to you and more likely than not would not be programmed to be a threat to you. Hmm. It's probably only if it is here, it is unlikely that there are not other clockwork constructs here for it to maintain. Oh. It would probably be here for the express purpose of maintaining the others. Uh, You still have two questions remaining if you wish to know them. I guess. What are its special defenses? It really only has the standard clockwork traits, or sorry, standard construct traits, so immunity to mind affecting effects, bleed, death effects, so on and so forth. It does not have the immunity to magic. It is not a golem. Cool. Uh, it does, in fact, have a weakness, uh, and I'll go ahead and give it to you because you don't. it doesn't really have many other defenses. It is vulnerable to electricity, uh, which will oftentimes damage its very sensitive systems. Hmm. However, clockwork servants are specifically designed to repair other clockwork creations and, in fact, have internal clockwork devices to repair themselves, granting them, in essence, fast healing. Cool. Fancy. Interesting. Does it have any special attacks? It has one. Uh, They are not intended to be warriors. Uh, However, almost all clockwork servants have a built-in net. Uh, As a standard action, the clockwork servant can launch a net from its shoulder... The launcher itself can contain up to five nets. Um, some clockwork servants are outfitted with uh, masterwork or even magical nets, although the clockwork servant that seems to be in front of you does not appear to be. However, it could throw nets over at least five of you. <laughs> cool. Well, That's probably just so it can like <clears throat> retreat. Yeah. Well, capture you, I guess. You are well aware that there are other types of clockwork things that exist, such as the clockwork soldier. Well, there's probably other clockworks down here, but this little guy... He's kind of like a caretaker. Hmm. Without his key, it'd be hard to wind him up. We probably could, because you're pretty skilled with those little picks of yours. Might be able to, you know, figure something out. But... I keep wanting to use words that Citra would know. I mean, the problem is, how do we control it, though? I mean, can we even control this? I don't know, but I do know... Can it understand us? I don't know. It depends on if it's awakened. It probably wouldn't be much of a threat, but the problem might be that it wants to continue its duty of, like, winding up others, and there could be, like, a clockwork soldier around, and that might hurt. We may then see what else we can find here, and if there's no other threats, it seems to be organizing the documents, so maybe it may know where the information about Hakatep's tomb is. That's you. No, we probably need to clear it, this place out, make sure there's nobody else here. Seems like a good idea. No. Is there any way for us to figure out exactly how long it's been since he's been wound up? I mean, since you're taking, stepping forward, bringing up a finger, just trailing it along the side of its falcon head, you come along with a a clump of dust on your finger. It's been sitting here for a while. It probably also explains why this whole place is as dusty as it's been. Mm. If this thing was designed to clean, although it looks like at some point it lost its key. 
Or the Hacha hasn't, just hasn't been using it. It's also possible. I also don't think they can wind themselves. Depending on what sort of stipulations it has, she may have let it wind down if she lets the cultists come through here. So that it wouldn't be a threat to them. This one probably was pretty smart, otherwise you wouldn't want to leave it unattended. You wouldn't know to put books away and whatnot. Mm. It does make you wonder where the key is, then. I bet the Hacha has it. Mm, Maybe. Seems cruel, though, if it's intelligent to allow it to... I mean, what, effectively sleep forever? Mm. Time means nothing to constructs. Mm, Maybe. I could try to wind it up and just not give it a lot of time, just in case, and then if it proves helpful, then we could wind it up even more. Mm. Let's take a look at what it's clearing. Okay. I look at the books. The books that it's holding, specifically. Uh, Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I have seen sight-based. If it's pertinent. Oh, why am I looking at it? Yeah, it's sight-based. Okay. I rolled a seven. I get a seven. I rolled a perfect 20 for a 31. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, boy. Uh, I rolled a 10 for a 22, unless I'm using my lens, of which it's a 20. Okay, so then I got a 22. Onirus rolls an 18. Unless it's danger. Uh, It's not danger. Okay. Go team 31s. All right, so everyone but Hollis, I think, made over 15. No, all seven. uh, Oh, yeah, no, sorry, not Hollis, yeah. Yeah. All the rest of you go ahead and make me a linguistics check. Oh. Great, I don't have a lot of that. Such a rolled a six for a 12. I rolled a five for a 10. Nearest rolls a 16, which gets him a 21. Okay. Hollis glancing this over, you can tell that these are a variety of different books on a variety of different subjects, mostly geography. Um, although it's difficult to tell because there's so much here. Mechanically speaking, you would actually need to make a research check and spend time <laughs> researching oh, wow. this place wow. to go through all Oh, well, I just want to look at what the robot was holding. Yeah. Uh, the robot seems to also have a collection of different things pertaining towards geography. Citra, Sudi, and Onurish, you find a couple of sheets of paper that seem to be not scrolls, but notes. And Onurus. This is Kennedy's handwriting. It matches the journal that you found in the dark archive. Dun dun dun. This is Kennedy's handwriting. What does he say? What what is it talking about? I mean these are just looks to be scraps of loose paper that he was just jotting down notes. Is you it can, more stuff about where Hogatep's tomb is? It seems to be stuff about geography, something about the parched dunes. He seems uh, to be trying to look for something here. He's talking about the parched dunes with the geography books and what we know from Kennedy from the Dark Depository. I think he was researching how to find Hogatep's tomb. We know he was, right? Well, do we know if he was successful, according to these papers? Well, he was it's, caught and put in that box, so... It's not enough. We'd have to spend some time going through all of this ourselves. We need to... But the fact that this is pulled out means the Hatya or somebody working for the Hatya has also been looking into this. Which leads more credence to the fact that she may be working with a cult. Yep. And if they found the tomb and they have the jar... Well, let's hope that's not the case. But it does look like the uh, clockwork mechanical thing may have been assisting him. Which means we could ask it. Let's take a look around the rest of this place before we wake up the clockwork. I think that's probably So we want to go back. We want to go left or right. And then do we want to go left or right? I want to go toward the the right side, the original right side of the hallway. So try to follow the good side? Yes. Okay. So right, right. So you exit back into the main hall? Oh, there is an exit off of the the other end of this room, parallel to the one that you made your way in. Ooh, I don't really like leaving doors behind us, though. We've got a bunch of doors behind us. Uh, Stores behind us everywhere we went. Oh, we're going to come back to this room, so why don't we just finish the rooms we passed? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. 
All right, I'm turning on my detect magic again. Making your way back out of the room, following the, the lighter of the two paths, the ones with the various signs of life and creation and so on. This pathway trails around the entirety of the outside. You kind of make your way down there, you then follow it left and take it all the way down, paralleling along the central room that you were in, the reading room with the clockwork. It then takes a sharp left again, intersecting into another four-way intersection. The pathway off towards your left-hand side you see has an open archway that leads into the reading room. It's the door on the opposite side of the reading room that you could have passed through. A passage goes off towards your right-hand side, making its way maybe 10, 15 feet or so before opening up into a larger room. You can see hieroglyphs across the wall and across the keystone there that denotes that as the Archive of the Architects. Oh. Ooh. That seems important for what we're looking for. A passage continues ahead of you, although it then goes into the dark stone opposite, effectively making its way. In this case, now it would be straight ahead, but it would probably parallel if this hallway that you just went through, the light stone, matched the other one into another hallway following on the outside edge of the reading room. Hmm. Hmm. This one matches the one that you saw before where it goes forward, it turns left instead of right, but then it has a right-hand arch or passage that goes further. We're looking for an architect, right? Cheesy sec. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think we want to start searching right now, though. All right. I guess we'll poke our head in the room, make sure there's nothing dangerous in there, but other than that. Or magical or invisible. That's right, you are still seeing invisible. It's invisimagic. I'm seeing that invisibility for the next while. (laughs) Citra, I suppose you're taking point. Yes. You make your way to the end of this passage. Ahead of you, the hall opens up into a larger chamber. Long racks of dusty papyrus scrolls cover every available wall space of this room. And what honestly looks to be a chamber strangely done in a triangular-like design, as if you're coming in at the apex of the triangle and then it just widens out as you make your way into the room, like a pyramid laid on its side. The walls form upwards into a steep sloped peak, off towards your right and left, forming up into a single line that starts that cuts this room or bisects this room in half across the ceiling. Again, kind of like you're walking into a cathedral, or again, like it's a pyramid laid on its side. Or like a D4. <laughs> As everyone looks at their D4s. Yeah. Um, yeah, laid on its side. This room is not empty. In this chamber, you see that there are two occupants. Two. It's hard to even describe them as creatures. Uh oh. Four bandy limbs, each splitting at the elbow into th- two three fingered forearms, giving it four arms and eight forearms in total emerge from the center of this creature's crystalline body which glows and pulses with a wreath of light what in the world some sort of strange unknowable something that looks like that uh that doesn't look good what on earth that looks um oh cyrus that looks cthulhu-esque I think we're in the wrong adventure path. I don't know if it turns towards you, as you cannot tell what is its front or back. It's just his hands. The two creatures simply seem to balance on their four lower forearms, perched on their fingertips below, as their two upper arms ending in another four forearms wave up over their head as they turn back to face all of you. Strange crystalline tentacles trail out from their sides, grasping through the air as they look back towards you, and all of you feel this piercing 
sensation right behind your eyes. Nope, don't like, like this. Like this sharp Ow. migraine pain before you see this blurring f- mental flashes of burning books and scrolls and eviscerating people. Okie dokie. They then begin to shamble forward and I will need initiative from the party. <laughs> wow, okay. How are you doing that to us, honeys? What in the world? Oh, wow, I'm super Oh, ready. come on. I am I'm not. never good with the initiative. Was it the Chamber of the Architects or something? Yes. Uh, archive of the Architects. A lot of archives. I am ready AF. All right. Let's fight these unknowable things. Well, hopefully they're noble. We got no. Well, I don't know. They're outsiders. Or strange experiments the Hotch has been up to. Yeah, hope not. So what she's turning the people she kidnaps into. She's Yeah, those are other people's arms and legs. <laughs> Actually, I guess they're all arms. She just needs all hands. Give me your hands and forearms. I wonder if this is it. Like, if this just circles around and that's that. I mean, could be. Maybe. Which will be weird because I don't know where the f- else to look for Kelru. Yeah. Maybe Falto and Azaz made really good gather information checks. Maybe. Probably the temple. Yeah, because we don't have any more of that seer's tea. I mean, I can cast another divination spell. I just have to wait to do it till some. Or I can convert one of my fourth level spells into a divination. If they're not here, that's what I'm doing. Fair. Initiative from the party, Hollis. 24. Sudi. Sudi rolls a natural one for a four. Citra. Citra rolled an eight for a 14. Oh boy. It's one of those fights. Mm. On yours. Yuris gets a 12. Yep, definitely gonna be one of those fights. On her. Oh, I forgot about. Since I don't have my dice, I forgot about on her. Because I'm a bad pet owner. <laughs> on her, it only gets a seven. Hollis, you get first initiative. Oh, God. Um, you just hear Citra Reactor yell about something, and then suddenly there's this weird, almost crystalline singing sound, like glass wind chimes. They're weird there. crystal creatures with too many arms. I need to be able to see them. Get in there. I guess I'm going to get in there. I would just move into the room and leave enough room for everyone else to kind of start to file in after you. Yep. So you can rush 20 feet forward if you wish. Uh, I think I'm going to move further than that because then they could both charge me. Pincer maneuver me. I think you have a 35-foot movement speed yeah, because you have freakishly long legs. So you can move to yeah, the far end of the room it. if he's a wish. But then I could get cornered easily. You know well, what? I don't think you've mage armored yet either. No, I'm mage armored. Yeah, oh, okay. but there's there invisibility. I'm going to hustle. Yeah, okay. I'm going to put myself in a corner. All right. Baby puts herself in a corner. I run 35 feet to there and I look at these things. What are they? Or can I know what they are? You may make a knowledge the planes. That's what I thought it was. Uh, 22. With a 22, this is a type of Aeon. Beyond passion, beyond mercy, beyond reason, the faceless caretakers of reality toil without end, silently struggling to preserve the tenuous balance upon which all existence depends. They are voiceless forces, which are the Aeons, inscrutable shapers and eliminators of the multiverse. They exist beyond the understanding of most mortals, endlessly striving towards goals unfathomable even to many of the plane's eldest inhabitants. Aeons build order from the chaos of the Maelstrom, seed new life upon barren worlds, and halt the rampages of force grown over bold. They rend nations to vapor, dismantle planets into cosmic dust, and pave the way for calamities. Their ways are at one moment beneficent, and in the next utterly devastating, but always without ardor, compassion, or malice. Every Aeon dispassionately but determinedly strives towards the same objective, an ever-changing, amending, and readjusting pursuit of multiplanar equilibrium. 
United in this eternal and perhaps impossible pursuit, aeons embody the plane-spanning hand of a metaphorical omnipotent clockworker, endlessly turning and adjusting the mirrored gears of reality in pursuit of ultimate perfection. Wow, okay, so how powerful are these? What are they doing here? What are they doing here? Reality These are known as Thelatos Aeons. They are sh- the strange Thelatos is the guardian of the duality between freedom and fate. Slavery is no more of an issue to a Thelatos than is true freedom, but without one the other cannot exist. In areas where slavery is rife, a Thelaton may aid in freeing some slaves, while in regions where slavery has been abolished, this strange being works to subjugate many creatures in its own mind-controlling spell-like abilities, often encouraging them to further undertake acts of slavery themselves. The Thelatos is also a guardian of fate and prophecy, and while some of the creatures might allow glimpses of the future, others who peer into the future almost seem to cause the Aeon physical pain. The Thelatos cannot explain why one seer might be allowed to divine futures whilst another should not. It knows only that some prophets should be denied this pursuit. Huh. Weird. Weird. Sadly, you may only ask one question pertaining towards the Thelatos Aeon. What are its special defenses? It has the following special defenses. First off, it possesses fast healing. Secondly, it is immune to cold, immune to critical hits and thereby sneak attacks, immune to poison. It is resistant to electricity and fire. It possesses spell resistance. Boy, sounds like Mm. fun. Well, okay. I was going to say, can we just lock them in here? (laughs) Um, and I guess on that note, I'm going to magic missile the one to my right. Very well, so you kind of burst into the room, see these things, probably yell out, you know, they're sentry, you're screwed, and then magic missile the one off towards your right. Yeah, no cold. Fire, eh. Electricity, eh. Acid, good. Magic missile. You don't happen to have an acid arrow prepared, do you? Sure don't. All right, you will need to roll to overcome its spell resistance. Um, Perfect 20, baby. Oh, well, there you go. Also, you're an elf. I imagine you still have the plus two to overcome spell resistance from being an elf. I do, and that's just a caster level thing, right? Just caster level, plus the plus two for being an elf, plus any bonuses you have for spell penetration. I do have that. So 24, 24 plus eight, 32. 32 will definitely succeed. Roll your damage. Four. 12 plus 4, 16 damages. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Your shards slam into this thing as it reverberates and chimes like a discordant wind chime. Bring us to the creatures. Oh no. Oh boy. Hopefully, they don't have lightning bolt as a spell. Hopefully. So, the first one. Oh, there's the lightning bolt. The first one steps into the center of the room. It doesn't so much step as crawl on its creepy fingers. More of a cartwheel, really. Oh gosh. It just goes on this big old circle of arms. I rolled to disbelieve the creature. <laughs> uh, I don't believe such a creature can exist. It's all an illusion. And you know what? Just let's let's just start with murdering everyone. No. Let's go ahead and get a will save from Hollis. Oh. Perfect twenty, baby. Nice. There you go. Uh, for a twenty-eight. Unless it's death. Uh, it's not. It's a pure effect. Okay, twenty-eight. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Does not phantasmally killer you? Perfect 20 is how I live and die. (laughs) Depending on who's rolling it. True. Yep, the other one cartwheels right up to Hollis. (laughs) No! I didn't even hit you! (laughs) My friend! Continuing to pulse with light. Successfully concentrates on its spell as one of its little tentacles waves out at you to reach out and touch you. No, I don't like it. 
Tongue clean you. Perfect 20 will hit. Ah. Uh oh. Go ahead and make me a will save. Ah, oh, dang it. Okay. Uh, I rolled an 8 for a 16, unless it's death. Uh, no, it's necromancy. I don't know. It's going to make me blind, isn't it? Yeah, but that'll save. Your freaking will save is way too high. Oh, <laughs> hey, wizard. All right, they've learned a valuable lesson. Uh-oh. Also, that's the end of the turn. Uh, Citra. Uh, I'm going to five-foot step forward and wail on this thing. All right, yep, I so you five-foot step up. Can you try to further into the room so yeah, Sudi so and I can, can get, get in there? there. Uh, I can try. Like try it. Well, actually, you can't flank these, so... I yeah, can't but, flank, but I can yeah. at least leave room for you guys, so I'll try Let's to acrobatics. This would also be the rare occasion that Citra could get in a full attack with two weapons. <laughs> I know. But that never happens. So yeah, I'll try to acrobatics to get onto the side. Even though I can't flank, it'll still leave room. Well, you can flank, you just can't critical. Yeah. That's Slash sneak attack. I'm pretty sure I'll succeed, though. I don't know, it's got a lot of limbs. I like to point out, I'll even give you this as a special defense. It can't be tripped. <laughs> Too many hands. It's just a ball of hands. <laughs> well, I rolled a 36 to get by it. I actually thought you were being a little arrogant considering how high its CMD is, but that will succeed. I rolled cool. a 19. <laughs> so, all right, and then I will attack. Very well, so you flip into the chamber, you tumble uh, past this first one, you lash out with yeah. your kukri. I'm much better at acrobaticsing than I am hitting it. <laughs> oh. I only rolled a 21. 21 will strike your oh, target. Okay, okay. Turns out all those limbs don't make them particularly agile. All right. Also, they're made of that crystal. That will be Ugh. eight points of damage. You crack into the one already injured by Hollis's first blast. Another shard shout. falls off of this thing. Oh, you could have shout. I know, but I don't have it. Shout. Didn't prepare it. Let it all out. Yep. On yours. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and cast Searing Light. All right. It's going to get a little bit of cover from Sudi unless you want to move to the other side of Sudi. Yeah, I guess I'll step in front of Sudi because then he can move through yeah. me to get to the other we'll one. We'll just leapfrog through here. Right. So, so he's on your steps forward, kind of pushes Sudi back, extends one hand behind Sudi, a falcon screeches. Horus! <laughs> yes, Is that what he yells every single time? Yep. Uh, yes, he most definitely should yell Horus. You time. owe me! All right. Um, with the minus four, because it's in melee, I get a, I get a 19. A 19 will hit your target's touch AC. Hey. So, yeah, on your original need to roll to overcome spell resistance. Let's see. Siren Light does allow for spell resistance, right? I don't think of any reason why it shouldn't. I think it does. I get a 22. Unless it's one of those dang conjurations. 22. 22 will succeed. So, 48. I do 21 points of damage. Nice. Into the injured one, which recoils with the hit, but still stands. The light seems to refract off of its crystalline interior and just shines this rainbow explosion through the room. Fancy. Even as it sears it. Unhurt. You know, I'm going to have him take a five-foot step so he's behind Sudi, and he's going to keep an eye on the main entryway. In case that clockwork <laughs> comes. And well, or the Hatia decides to show up, or... Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he has guard, that's right, doesn't he? No, he doesn't have guard. So, he has watch, though. Oh, he has watch, yeah. So you basically point at the square, yell, you watch, and point down the way, and kind of hops forward. Kaka! Sudi Kantar. Sudi tumbles past on Uris after that spell goes off 10 feet forward. Very well. Right in front of the uh, Aeon swift action to switch to pummeling style, even though I won't get to really use it, and attacks. All right. Sudi punches his fist forward. Okay, that is going to be a 26. 26? Yeah, that'll strike your opponent. Woo! 
Nah, not for a lot of damage. Uh, for five whole points of damage, which probably means nothing. No, they don't possess any form of DR. Yeah. Oh, that's it's right. They had everything else but DR. Yes. I mean, you can tell that they're already starting to regenerate the damage done to them. Yeah. They have fast healing. But yeah. Although it is fast healing, it is not regeneration. It's true. So you slam your fist into it as a number of these pieces like crack off. It tries to block you with one hand as you just kind of break one of its fingers slamming down into it. Hollis, if you had a lightning bolt right now, you could hit a lot of targets. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that like, kind of nutty. Like three of them are people. Three of them yeah. are the allies, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Nethis gives and Neth takes away. <laughs> I guess step one is to cast on the defensive. What you casting? I'm going to cast Scorching Ray. Okay. Even though they're a little... I guess I could cast Magic Missile. I, I cast mean, Magic Missile. Resistant. Just magic if missile it does it. impact your decision... Magic Missile is not considered to be an atta- ranged attack roll. Scorching Ray is, which means even if you made the concentration, you'd still provoke for making a ranged attack and uh-huh. a threatened range. Magic Missile is going to be your safest bet. Magic Missile it is. All right. Um, so, yeah, you'll need to cast on the defensive. It's a DC 17 concentration check. I'm not positive you can fail that anymore, but... Uh, no, but I do have my do- DFIC obedience. So it's 18. 18. So you can't yeah. fail that. So, yeah, you, you pass before you even roll. So Magic Missile. All right. You'll still need to roll to overcome spell resistance. Oh, that's right. I got a 29. A 29 will overcome your target spell resistance. Sweet. Have some damage, friend. Four, six, nine, 13 damage. It quivers under the impact. Uh, You guys have messed this guy up, but he's still going. Mm. You have move action remaining, Hollis. I'm going to move around him to Hollis's right. Just a five foot little steppy step. All right, you five foot step past. Do-si-do, as it were. Uh, do you have a melee weapon? I mean, I have one. It's really a question of, do you want to be threatening for the sake of the flank? I mean, I'd never mentioned pulling one out. But you still have move action remaining because you just oh, okay. took a five-foot step. I will, re- I will draw my quarterstaff. Because surprisingly, despite their build, they don't actually have all-around vision. There is a front to this thing. Nice. <laughs> God knows what side it is. One question, where's the front? It's so, the top, actually. At the very least, while it doesn't really help Citra for the sneak attack, it does give her a plus two to hit, So, uh, which does actually bring us to these creatures, though. No. The one that's been messed up will turn his attention on, I feel like, Sudi's the way to go. Okay. Yep, it'll turn its attention on Sudi. Okay. Bringing around both of its fists and tentacles. Yikes. Too many things to defend against. Uh, I'm thinking no with a 15. Nope. Thinking a step up there with a 24. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. Slams you with one of its fists for five points of damage. Tentacle okay. slaps with a perfect 20 to hit threat. Dang it. That's the other end of the spectrum. An 11 will not confirm. Nope. Still does tentacle me. Take five points of damage. Okay. Another crystalline tentacle comes in. That one is an 18. Nope. All right. I will need you to make a will save. Oh, boy. Um, is this... A fear effect, mind affecting, death effect, enchantment. Nope, nope, it's just ripping your future away from you. Hey, I need that. Uh, <laughs> I want that. Pardon? That. Excuse you. It's eating your fate. Eating my fate. Uh, so I roll a 15 for a 23. No, that's pretty good. Yay. Uh, yeah, you're fine. You <laughs> do feel this like odd sensation as it hits you, and you feel this weird, almost this existential doom. <laughs> creep over you. I'm gonna sing the doom song. The other one takes a five foot step back. 
the center of this creature begins to glow with immense light. Right, right. Whoops. Hollis is out of the radius, but the rest of you are caught as it bursts forth a 60-foot cone of light. Uh-oh. Oh. For a moment, the world disappears around all of you, and you see this kaleidoscopic mirage. All of you feel like you briefly exit your body. As Sudi, you see visions of yourself being rended to peace by clockwork automatons, crushed under the weight of massive stones, driven down into the ground by a scorpion that blots out the sky overhead. In each of these visions, you see flashes of compatriots, some of them the ones you see now, some of them others, some of them people that you'd seen before, as you see this just vision of a hundred thousand possible outcomes of your life. Wow. Citra, you see the same as you see traps that you miss, creatures freaking down from the sky, various sphinxes and golems, beings, massive mummies. On yours, you see these array of mummies, undead monstrosities, massive stone golems, and this crushing, in all of your cases, this crushing gloom of this angular shadow, like a shadow in the sky of sharp edges descending towards you. And I will need a will save from everyone but Hollis. Is this a fear effect, enchantment, death effect? How about the bird? How about an aura of despair? Uh, also the bird, Kakaz, as he uh, oh, reels, God. seeing all the possible ways that he will die in service to on yours. Oh, sad. Uh, well, it is a curse. Oh, oh lovely. I hey! I have no bonus Hey, I that. have a bonus against that. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on! I'm gonna be cursed. Uh, well, I remove curse. So do I. Okay, I might be okay. I'm not. Onyris is good. Sudi? I rolled a four for a 12. Okay, Citra? I rolled a 10, which gave me a 16, but I have a plus four against curses, so I got a 20. Oh, that's right, yeah. Your family, you're already cursed. So. I am already cursed. <laughs> Your original curse. I got enough, thank you. <laughs> Your original curse is like, nah, mine. <laughs> Get. Uh, Onyris rolls a perfect 20 for a 34. Yeah. And on her, it rolls a 16 for a 20. Oh, there you go. Everybody else is fine. Sudi's dead. Sudi, I'll just remove your curse. You know, the rest of you, you see this flash and it just kind of washes over you and past. Sudi, though, for a moment, it's almost like your brain can grab onto it. You grab hold of the images and you still see them blurring around you as if, as if you can just clench your fist hard enough around them that you could solidify them and see really like Phrasma, see into the trails of fate and grasp the one that's yours. Sudi, you're currently staggered. Great. The good news is you can, in essence, let go. Uh, so at the moment you are staggered, you will retain the staggered condition, which means that you can only take a move action or a standard action. Yep. At any time that you do take that standard action, you may choose to take or to roll twice and take the worst of the two results. Oh, just what I need. But when you do so, it does break the curse. Wait, you just have to do that one time? You just have to do it one time. It in essence means that for one turn, if you... Well, actually, yeah, right now you basically make one attack, roll twice and take the lowest, and then you're free of it. You basically would be staggered for just that one turn. Okay. Yeah, that's There's it. no but to that? Uh, I mean, the only but to this is that it recharges every 1d4 round, so it can keep spamming this until yeah. you only have standard actions that you have to roll twice and take the worst result. Or you can choose not to roll twice and just roll and just be staggered until this combat's over okay. and then roll twice and take the worst result for tying your shoe or something. I don't have any <laughs> jokes on you, GM. I don't wear shoes. I uh, wear well, then yes, you're cursed forever. Yeah, no, uh, no. Jokes on you. <laughs> Citra. 
That could have been a lot um, worse. I suppose after trying to blink back the blurring visions of all the ways you could potentially die on your quest. Uh, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> stab it. Stab it. All right, you can take a five foot step into the flank if you wanted the plus two to hit. Yeah, but then it puts me in between them. No, no, you no. can step back by Sudi and you or can get a then. flank with Hollis. Oh, oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I okay. got a staff out. Then yes, I will take a five foot step back to give myself the bonus. Am I happy about it? No. <laughs> Am I doing it? Yes. <laughs> oh, also this one that you guys have been welling on is uh, healed up a little bit. Of course, yes. Weird. I roll a 23. 23 will strike your target. I hit it for nine points of damage. Yep, he's still standing. Wait, I have two attacks. Yep. Um, that would be a 22. 22 will strike your target. For max damage, that'd be 10 points of damage. You bring your second blade to blow, crushing it as it hits the ground. Its legs and arms flail for a moment before it seems to strangely fold them in on itself. Ooh. As like it's peacefully dying. accepting its fate. That's a bit disconcerting. Gross. On yours. Uh, You've seen all the ways that you'll die again. Yeah, it wasn't fun the first time. <laughs> it wasn't fun the first time in my lavishly appointed abode. <laughs> did, what, did you die of old age? Yep. Did you rheumat- rheumatitis? Arthritis? Rheumatitis? I don't know. Rheumatism? <laughs> arthritis? <laughs> it could have just been a quick heart attack. On your, I know. On yours, stress is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> on yours, this poor heart just gave out. Uh, I run forward. No I heart. smack it with oh. a kopesh. Ah, oh, okay. Well. Okay. Uh, I get a 22 to hit it. 22 will strike your target. I do nine points of damage. It quivers under the impact. Unhurt. Continues to watch the hallway and not like this place. Kaka. Sudi. Well, I'm staggered. And of course, there's nothing within a standard action that I could attack twice and take the worst result on. Make an acrobatics check. Yeah, make an acrobatics check. Oh, hey. That's a good point. I'll go try to do a cartwheel to get into position uh, (laughs) next to Onyurus and box this thing in. All right. I'm going to do an unnecessary... Cartwheel. Cartwheel. <laughs> um, here we go, right, guys. roll twice and take the lure. Here we go. Seven and a 13. So I get a 18 to do a cartwheel. I mean, you're still fairly graceful. Take as you're that. just like trying to shake off all these things. You contemplate the nine different ways your life could end. All nine of my lives. <laughs> all nine of them. Zing. Hollis. Just take a five-foot step so Citra can get in there. Oh, yes. Hollis is definitely taking a five-foot step. Um, Hollis retreats. Because, nah. And I guess I'm not going to ready to acid pit anymore, so... Probably not a great idea. Eh, I'll acid splash it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, sure. Okay. Minus four for firing into melee. That one. Okay. (laughs) Very well. You miss, you hit one of the scroll tubes, it burns away into nothing. Whoops. It happened to be the one with Hakatep's tomb. No! no! All right. I'd really only worry about that if you started fireballing in this room. Yes, no, I'm not for sure. planning to do that. That brings us to the creature that brings its focus to bear on... Yeah, sure, on yours. Yeah. Actually, let's let's go ahead and do a tentacle against on yours and a tentacle against Sudi. Great. That's a 19 to hit Sudi. Nope. And a 25 to hit on yours. Oh, my God. I hate yep. you. Is that a hit? Yes. You take six points of damage. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and make me a will save. You're bad at these, right? I get a 24. <laughs> you and your will saves. Minus <laughs> how many hit points? Six. Six. That's why I didn't want to hit you with a tentacle, because I'm like, on yours, his will saves freaking ridiculous. 
But it doesn't know that, so it had to try. Maybe don't give me an artifact that gives me major bonuses. I could take it away. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> an 18 to hit Sudi. Nope. Well, let's follow that up with a 28. God. Oh, to hit Sudi? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I was about to say, I swear to God, if that's a hit on yours again. 28 to hit on yours. Uh, eight points of damage to Sudi. Okay. As it punches you with two of its fists. Surprisingly burly for a weird amalgam of crystal and... It doesn't score hey, arm day. Hey, yeah, every day is arm day for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, it punches you in the face. I want it to... It literally drains fate. Come on, guys. No, so cool. we need that. Nope. Citra. Need that. Get uh, in there so I can drain your I'm fate. I'm going to move up next to Onuris. Okay. And then I will flash down at it. Oh, also it's regenerating some of that damage Onuris did to it. Maybe. That is a 19 to hit. 19 will not strike your target. Yeah. I didn't do very well on that roll. All right. Onuris. I'm going to swing at it. Uh... 25 with my first swing. 25 will strike your target. For nine points of damage. Cracking into it. Bringing the Kopesh back to bear. 16's not going to hit. A 16 will not strike your target. It springs lively out of the way or it tumbles or something. You're not entirely positive. It's really weird. All hands. Uh, on Pert, still just sitting it out. Yeah. Sudi. All right, Sudi finally getting a full out, atta- full out attack this thing. Hiya. All right, so that's a 25 for the first hit. 25 will strike your target. Uh, 10 points of damage. Slamming into it. Uh, that is only a 20 to hit it. 20 will strike your target. Hey! Nope, that didn't go in the hole. Uh, that's only 6 points of damage. And lastly is an 11, which is not going to hit. An 11, I'm afraid, will not. Yep. Hollis. Hollis is going to move to the back corner of the room and then acid splash. You roll another net one. No, I rolled a three. Oh, so probably not. So a hit. negative one starting. Yeah, six. Wow. So that misses. Yeah, I'm afraid that will miss your target. Bring it to the creature. My fate. It almost doesn't seem fair. So let's do it. I know. Uh, it will turn its attention on on yours. Yeah. That's being why. defensive. He's the only one that's hit it so far. Well, no. No, I seeds. Yeah, he hit it for more damage. Reaches out, will a 17 touch on yours? Of course it will. What seems unfair is that there's no save. What? What is it? What is it? On yours, you take a three-point penalty to your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. What? It just slaps a hand on you and then... What did it do? Touch of idiocy. Oh! About an hour and a half. Can we get rid of it? I mean, it wears off after an hour and a half. It's not permanent. It's I like, mean, but can you just spell it? Yeah, I mean, it's just not an instantaneous effect. Okay, because I have a nine it. intelligence now. <laughs> oh, Dirt. no. You're slightly dumber than Sudi. <laughs> <laughs> That's Guys, bad. seriously, I have Sudi-level intelligence. <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> On her, it's like suddenly we can have much more in-depth conversations between us. <laughs> I think yes. the wisdom hits probably worse. Yeah, the wisdom's yeah. the worst. The wisdom hits the worst, but uh, if you... We need to dispel this, like... Is it a dispel to get rid of it, or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, you can dispel magic, break enchantment. We'll also work on it. It's an enchantment spell. I have a dispel magic. I can cast it when the battle's over. Oh, okay. Mm, That will make you much more susceptible to draining your fate, though. (laughs) Screw your will saves. Not as much as you think. Yeah, probably not. Citra. I'm going to wail on it. If I'd gotten a six and drained six from all of those, that would have been amazing. Oh, my God. I would have had a six intelligence. (laughs) And a ten charisma. 
I roll a 25 for the first hit. The 25 will strike your target. He's so average. And I roll 10 damage. Cracking into this thing. And I roll a 20 for the second one. 20's going to hit. Okay. For another 10 points of damage. Nice. Cracking into the second time. Maxed both of those. On yours. Yours would probably kind of blink and shake his head because... You're a little foggy. Yeah. You feel a little touched of idiocy. But also, weirdly, you're a little less attractive now. Or a little less charming. Or less yeah. charming. 23. A 23 will strike your target, though. It didn't do anything to your muscles. Uh, I do five points of damage. It rings out like a chime. Uh, 14's not going to hit. No, I'm afraid not, as you whiff back around. Sudi. All right. Sudi's going to fall out attack. Like All right. You do. So that's a 26 on the first hit. That will strike your target. For seven points of damage. Cracking into it again. It'll play uh, 25. 25 will also hit as you continue to pummel. Uh, for eight points of damage. He's still going. Yeah. Ah, my dice. <laughs> oh no, my dice. And <laughs> <laughs> when projectile sailed. Oh, there he goes. Uh, wow, okay, might get a third attack off finally. Um, so that's a 22. 22's gonna hit. Oh boy. You it's could big stun day. it. Got three hits for it. Oh, I could stun these things. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> Actually, you did, because you mentioned it at the very beginning of this battle and then completely forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's generally how I work. Uh, so it's 11 points of damage. Uh, however, that last fist hit will shatter through the core of this thing as it breaks into pieces and falls about you. Huh. Well, those were unpleasant. That was awful. Oh, God. Why is it like a spider being crushed? Look at its arms. Ugh. Onuris is going to cast a spell magic because he's like, I don't feel so good. I think you're a little dumb. <laughs> How do you know that? I'm a spellcaster. I probably identified that. Oh, I guess that's true. Actually, it's a spellic ability. You can't roll to identify. Whatever. He looks dumb in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a little slack shot. <laughs> he's usually so intelligent looking, but he looks so dumb right now. <laughs> Also, he looks less attractive. He's not He's not glowing with quite his usual luster. Yes, his magnetism is just not there. It's just a caster level check, right? <laughs> it is a caster level check. I get a 20. Will perfectly succeed. Nice. As the, you feel your brains like swoop back into you like a falcon descending. Oh, there he is. You know, on yours, you have this pulse of energy. It courses through you as you restore your intelligence to you. You kind of look around at these things. Your eyes swoop up to the surrounding walls covered with uh, what you're going to assume is the collective knowledge of the uh, the ancients down here, the architects of old, potentially of Chisasek himself. We're going to need to deal with Ahatia before we're going to have time to research it in this place. There is still, however, two of the darkened hallways leading to Nethys' destructive side, as this appeared to have been the Room of Balance with these aeons, these creatures of utmost Balance. equilibrium. And you'll have to explore those other two sides next time. Ah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Ah. Those are creepy. Uh, those are all hands. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.